Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Jeremy White. It seems like for those of you that had old Nintendos, you pull the cartridge out... You blow in it, and you put it back in. Like, See yes. if this works. Yeah. And Sneaky Joe DiBiase. The PlayStation 2 memory cards were the same thing for me. It, it did somehow always work. You never had a regular Nintendo, Josh. No, I did. My you... first my first game system no. was a GameCube. Old? What was I thinking? I ain't old. The GameCube was not regular I Nintendo. I'm talking about the actual first Nintendo. Boy, I can teach you guys some things about video games. I'm going to give you a phrase. You tell me if it means anything to you. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, VA, start. We're not so different. You and I. Let me let me ask you if this brings anything to mind. Wave dashing. No. Okay. See? What's that? Different times. Smash Bros. You're listening to Jeremy and Joe on Western New York Sports Giant. WGR Sports Radio 550. It is 20 what degrees, Joe? 26 right now? 28, I think, was what my car said. Yeah. Good news is it's going to go back. Yeah, okay. High 51 today. We're going back. Yep. Yesterday, I... Good. The opposite of uh, Wednesday. Yes, that's right. Yesterday, I was out with a dog and a friend, you know, doing like one of those dogs run outside days that we do a lot, and it was, I don't have the science on this, but it was minus a million degrees. (laughs) Yes. It was so cold, and I was, you know, for the last whole week, we've been used to it being nice, and then, yep. oh, here's one day of negative one million. Yeah. Wednesday night, I was walking outside for, like, five minutes, and the wind, it, it felt like the Arctic. It felt like th- this has got to be what the North Pole feels like because of how windy it was, and also the fact that, you know, I was not dressed appropriately because when I left the house, it was 55 degrees. Yeah. And then it was t- 10 when this was happening with the wind. Yeah. Hopefully this is it though. Yes, I think it might be. I'm 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 optimistic. I think we should all be optimistic. The ten day forecast has, you know, a sixty eight on the card. Nice. Although, When's that? When's uh, that? Happening? Sunday, Monday, maybe. Sunday, Monday. Monday, Monday, Tuesday. All right. Yeah, Monday, sixty eight. And I'm seeing next week maybe it's going to dip back colder, but not as cold as it has been in the last twenty four hours. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. good morning. Lots to get to today. Sal will join us from the combine to uh, wrap. This week, Paul Hamilton, and uh, you know some it, w- one thing about today. We we'll get to some Sabers in a moment, but you know what today is? Today is a big day because today is the day that wide receivers speak at the combine, mm-hmm. which means that 
all of these future Bills wide receivers are going to talk about how excited they are to be future Bills wide receivers. Yep. Yes, they are. Will Marvin Harrison talk oh, yeah, about they're... the idea of playing with Josh Allen? Something we know will not happen because he's going to go too high. But all right. every one of these got Malik Neighbors. Oh, it would be amazing to play with Diggs. Imagine if Marvin Harrison Jr. got up there and just said, I'll only play for the Bills, <laughs> actually. I actually, I'd only want to play with Josh Allen. Be wonderful. Yeah. But we're going to get all these guys talking about, oh, yeah, I met with the Bills. It was really great. Big fan of Josh Allen. And today's a day to when they get to talking a little bit later on this morning, like, you know, 9 o'clock hour and then beyond. Because tomorrow they run. Tomorrow they work out. So today is just, all right. Yeah. How, how how much how how great would it be to be a bill? Oh, that'd be so great! And you know we're off and running. Yeah, great and day. Then, and then if they really want to be a bill, if you get a uh, someone that needs to fall, Brian Thomas Jr. Perhaps maybe just gets up there and starts talking about how birds aren't real. Apparently, <laughs> and with, maybe some teams will pass on him because yeah. of that. And he'll I'm gonna get my way to the Bills. I'm there gonna was go up there and talk about how I don't think that this this animal exists. There was one guy that said he didn't believe in space yesterday. Oh, that one too. He doesn't believe. I saw the birds aren't real. One. Yeah, he does not believe in space. What does that even mean? You just doesn't believe in it. Did he offer up what he thinks space is? Then I think he might be a flat Earth guy. He, uh, okay. he said he feels that flat Earth theories have some validity. But okay. I don't, flat Earth though, I don't think often includes. Well, space doesn't exist. I feel like he's adding that in. As I'm a sweetener. I'm not too up on the whole theory, if theory is even the right word. Um, but if, yeah. it, if it is flat, what does that mean? Space is. I mean, it's still there. There would be an underneath, right? Like I don't know. I I, I would want to. Yeah, I don't know how deep in they get on that. Well, I don't think I've ever heard that part of the flat Earth theory, though. It's like, oh, oh, by the way, space just doesn't exist. It was it's just de- something else. Yeah, it was defensive backs yesterday that we're all talking because yesterday was the day where all the safeties said, "Yes, I met with the Bills. It would be so great to be a member of the Buffalo Bills." A lot of that yesterday. Today's receivers. So, All right. if you want to chime in on that, you can join us, 803-0550 and 1-888-550-2550. I do want to start on the Sabres, who won last night. They beat Tampa in overtime. Yep. That's cool. I On a nice, like, you could design play. Yeah. Like, drew it up, played, went perfectly. They scored. They won in overtime. After Thompson almost scored what would have been the nicest goal he scored all year. <laughs> yeah. Just missed. They did not play particularly well. They were not threatening at all. You know, they got this mm-hmm. win despite very few high danger chances. They had two in the game. Yeah, two high danger. They got they, three. they had a lot of a lot of another one of these games where they had a lot of shot attempts, but nothing really around the net, yeah. or at least not like the high danger like you mentioned. Right. Yeah, they, well, had, they, they f- had five total in the game, but at even strength, they had two high-danger chances. On 43 shot attempts, yeah. they had two high-danger chances. They are playing yeah. a brand of hockey that is non-threatening. They do not look threatening at all. Hey, they won. So, they okay, did. to that point, I want to bring this up because this is something that I got into a little bit of a back-and-forth on Twitter. Not a fight, just like a, hey, I like this topic, actually. So Mike Bunt of uh, Trainwreck Sports said this. He posted that... If we're being real about the Sabres, they're closer to being a playoff team moving forward than they were at the end of last year. They have better goaltending, more disciplined defensively, and will likely improve offensively next year. It's a more consistent brand of hockey. So basically Mike's thought is, or at least what I took of it, is that they're closer this year than they were last year. And I don't think that's correct at all. Mm -hmm. I think what's happened is they got a lot better goaltending. They went from well below league average goaltending to, ready for this on Lukanen, he gives them a chance to win every night. 
Yeah, he does. The Sabres yeah. now have one of those goalies where the way Lukanen's played since January 1st, the way he's been playing, and last night was a game like this too, it's, who are you playing? Oh, that's a tough matchup. Well, UPL's in that, and you have a chance because of that. So, I mean, what's really yeah. different? The Sabres are playing a more responsible brand. Eh, I'm not so sure about that. You want to tell me there? That's fine. It's more sustainable? Why? I mean, Tage Thompson scored 47 goals last year. Yeah. And he's not going to get to 30 this year. That's more sustainable. That's better. They have a lot of players that are not even the same versions of themselves. And I, I'm, do I have to believe that it's better? I, I don't know that it has to be. It's, it sounds to me like you want to be the Islanders if you think you're closer to being a playoff team. Like you think that that's, that's your pathway. Your pathway to being what though? Just squeaking into the postseason. Like I, I don't know what how much upside you think there really is with okay they're are they playing better defensively I think they are playing better defensively on some level I don't think they're one of the best defensive teams in the league I think they have a great I think they have a goaltender that's having a career season Yep That's pretty much it And goalies are the most what fluctuating thing in the sport year to year So because they're not mathematically closer Right, like last year, they were mathematically way closer yeah. than they are right now. So that's not the case. So if I hear, well, they're closer now than they were last year. I think that what that means is this formula is the formula that is closer to getting them in than what last year was. And I just don't know how repeatable this this is. Where you're getting top ten level goaltending, you're limiting chances even with injuries on the blue line. And none of your best players are really scoring to par. I that that's not that's not the formula. That's not how you get into the postseason. And it's certainly not how you ever become a contender, right? You want to play this style of hockey. I think you max out at being the New York Islanders. Go ahead. You're gonna get into the playoffs maybe once every three years, and you're gonna lose in the first round to Boston. <laughs> right. But like last year presented more than just okay, this is how you break the drought, but Okay, if Tage Thompson's scoring 47 goals and you have six guys that are scoring 60 plus points and Darlene is a Norris level player for 60 games, like that that's how you're legitimately good. Not just let me find a way to backdoor into the playoffs because my goalie got hot for 50 games. Yeah, the whole thing to me, it's not to say that they're any closer or farther away. Missing is missing and there should be and there is a lot of fluctuation in the standings. Last year, here's a fun fact on this. Last year, they finished the season on goal differential at a minus four. Okay. So almost even. Yeah. Minus four is their goal differential. This year, right now, what are they? They're a minus six. They're like the same team. They're like the same They're team. the same team, just they, they, it looks a little different. And I think if you're – the point Mike is making, which I think is a fair point, I just don't tend to agree with it. All you're revealing is you think that – defensive hockey has more value than offensive hockey. That playing this mm-hmm. responsible style is better than the fire wagon hockey they played last year. I mean, last year, they gave up th- like 300 goals. That's a lot yeah. in terms of goals against. But if they had this goaltending last year, oh, they just, just the goaltending. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. You want to say that they gave up better opportunities. If, the, if Lukanen was this good last year, would they finish, what, third in the division? They're easily a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't want to get too tied up on, well, the goalie is better, and that indicates growth in all these other areas. If you are better defensively, but you lose all the time, then nobody cares. Right. And they, you know, Lukanen's been very good, but last night in overall shot attempts at five on five, you know, Tampa. Tampa didn't have a ton either. Like, well, that's right. That's right. Me, like high danger stuff. They didn't have a lot. That's right. The first yeah. period, the Sabres weather storm. The second period is just slop. And the third period, I mean, it felt like the Sabres had the puck. I don't have the numbers for that, but it felt like they had the puck for almost the whole third period. But then there was that minute at the end where it looked like they were about to blow it. Yep. Because Tage broke his stick, and then they had to ice it, and there was just a ton of weird stuff happening around the net, around Lukanen. And by the way, they are they are better. But like I said, they're not they're not good at preventing chances. Let's just stick to high danger chances. Last year, okay, they were fourth from the bottom. So they were 28th in the NHL in preventing high danger scoring chances. Excuse me, 29th in the NHL in preventing high danger chances. This year they're 19th. They're still below average yep. at preventing high danger chances. They are better. They're, they are definitely better. But I don't know what's closer, being one of the worst teams defensively, but also being like the best, one of the best offensive teams in the league. Or being a middling defensive team that can't score. Because being a middling defensive team that can't score doesn't sound like a recipe for success on any level. It is also a stark turn from what Granado said last year when he said it's an entertainment business. You know, we're here to entertain. And they played a style that kind of won their fans back. So He said it won the players over too, right? Like the yes. players have more fun yes. when they're playing that style of hockey. And now this year... You know, who knows how much of it is revisionist, but when he was on this week, I asked him about Krebs and how Krebs had taken on a new role. And it's Granado's belief or approach, however you want to say it, that what they did with Krebs this year was necessary. We know he has the playmaking. We know he can do all this. But now putting him in the kind of role where he's got to think more defensively and be a better, more responsible player away from the puck and get better habits, building that into his game will then add to the offensive side, and he'll be a more complete player. Meanwhile, if you're someone that watches Krebs, you think, like, he's just buried now. There's no yeah. there's no ability for him to flourish. And last night's a great example. Last night, after getting a couple of chances on better scoring lines with better teammates, including one where he fed Owen Power for a game-tying goal at home, what, this week? Yeah. He made a great play. He made great plays in this game. He, yeah. might, he might have led them in expected goals through two periods. He did. He actually led the, He led them in the game by more than 10% sure. by himself. And in the course of last night, he started the game on a line with Gergensen's and Eric Robinson right. and ended the game on the bench. And he actually, there was a chance in the first period where I think my, my buddy texted me. He fed Benson. Benson was streaking in, probably off the bench, for a one-timer from the slot. Benson like didn't pick the puck up. It was like along the ice, but whatever. Krebs found him, and then like the next shift found Connor Clifton. Yeah, and both guys had just coming off the bench. Clifton, whatever, but Benson, like, oh man, maybe maybe you should put put him on that line with uh, with Zach Benson. Might be nice to get him on a line with that guy because he had been playing with Gergensen and Robinson. It's like, oh, the second you put a skilled player out there with him, even if he's tired at the end of a shift, he found the guy for a scoring chance. It, he he is just he's blocked, right? Yep. It's the it's a warning sign. For all the prospects that are not yet here that we've talked about how there just isn't room for them, even if there ends up being room for them in the lineup, I mean, if you keep, if you keep, especially Casey Middlestad around, uh, this is the future for Matt Savoy, for 
for Yuri Kulik. Just you, but you better either play the wing, or you're gonna be buried on the depth chart. You're gonna be playing ten minutes. Krebs the last night was even extra weird because he just didn't even get a shift in the third period. I guess or he had one shift he in was, the third he was, period. He was stapled to the bench. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I don't know what that is. He, he was playing great. Yep. He was finding guys. He had chances. They had 11 shot attempts while he was on the ice. The opponent had three. He had a couple of scoring chances himself. Um, again, the passes were really more of it for him. I just, I, I see, I, I watch him and see chances being created. I watch him and I see offense being generated with his speed and his passing ability. I just. I don't know. The, the The coach sees him as a defense. One of two things is right. The coach either doesn't see it, or two, the coach doesn't have anybody to play that defensive role because Tage isn't doing it, and Middlestat's not going to do that, and even Cousins, you might think of him in that way, but he hasn't really been that yet in his career, that defensive stalwart. So is Krebs just the guy left over like he's the he's the the pig left at the trough where the <laughs> only thing left in the bowl is defensive center. So that's just it. You got to be defensive center because that's the only thing we have for you here. Yep. 8030550. One quick note of news. Pierre Lebrun has reported apparently that the Sabres were a team that was showing interest in Chris Tanev. Yes. Yep. From the Flames. Over the last two months, had he been acquired, the Sabres were interested in an extension. He was, of course, traded from the Flames to the Stars. Ten have had a modified no trade and was able to waive it for Dallas and would not waive it for Buffalo is the implication. There was another report, by the way, that didn't say it was the Sabres, but that Tanev got traded for, it was like a second round pick and like other stuff. Someone offered a first round pick, but they, they, you know, the players' wishes kind of took over there. So I'm not saying, no one reported the Sabres were the team that offered the first, but... They could have. Okay, well, they could have been the team. Let me just get on that real quick. On the one hand, it's a, it's a player the Sabers wanted that said no, and that's disappointing, right? We don't like to hear that. Who, by the way, is like, look, look who said no to them. Like, he's he's a he's a fine player. Hold on, he's thirty four years old. You're right. That's what I was about to get to. On one hand, oh no, a player said no. On the other, Joe, they wanted to extend a player that was going to turn thirty five. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Very. Uh... I don't know, Robin Regeer vibes for me with uh, with Chris Tanev. Worse. A little bit worse, <laughs> but maybe even How worse. How old was right? Regeer when he came here? 29? 32? No, he was, was he, he 30, was in his mid-30s. Was he, was he 32? How old was he when he they, when been his when they threw that helicopter out? He didn't the... retire here. He went on and played more years. All right, yeah, he was 31. 31. He was, he was three, four years younger than Tanev is right now. Man, I saw that and thought, man, if they can't convince Chris Tanev, if Chris Tanev doesn't want to play for them, Nobody wants to put. Nobody's gonna wave. No one's waving a no trade clause to come here right now. No, I think that's definitely true. I gotta know what they wanted to extend a guy who is thirty four. Yeah. What does what does extend mean though? Like At two, least a year. two years. At least one year, one. two year. Yeah, I don't know. They got one thirty five year old defenseman that's exiting that has gone horribly in Eric Johnson. And they wanted to bring in. I think Tanev's better at this point, but they wanted to bring in another thirty five year old defenseman. Okay. Yeah. He would have improved their blue line, I guess. 8030550. Meanwhile, Ilya Labushkin got traded too. Yeah. Hilarious. The NHL or a third round pick? It's a three way trade. You see Bulldogs take on this, which is pretty funny. No. No. So it's a three way trade. The Leafs trade the Leafs get uh, Ilya Labushkin with seventy five percent of the salary retained, and the Ducks get a third and the Canes get a sixth. 
And Bulldog had a funny line about this. Like, why are the Canes in there? And the answer is, the Canes see that the Leafs want Labushkin. They're like, oh, yeah, let's help that for sure. <laughs> yeah. What can we do, guys? You need our help to uh-huh. get you uh, Ilya Labushkin? Okay. Yeah. We'll be the middleman. We'll, we'll help you get this player. Absolutely. Let's grease the wheels. The other funny thing I saw about Labushkin is the Leafs, uh, who had this, Dimitri uh, Filipovic had this, that the pick that the Leafs traded for Labushkin last time still hasn't even been made yet. Yeah. They traded for him several years ago for a pick that that pick hasn't even been used yet. And before that pick's been used, they traded for him again. So the total amount of picks they've used to acquire Ilya Labushkin is now up to, what, two-thirds and a sixth? It's like the uh, Sabres with Jimmy VC. The Sabres traded for Jimmy VC multiple times. And here's They the... traded a second to get him last time. Okay. They've so. spent a second, a third, and a sixth for limited runs of Ilya Labushkin. Yeah, that's pretty that's The pretty NHL tough. is a hilarious product. Larry in South yeah. Florida. Hey, Larry, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. I want to touch on the subject, but before I do, i got to share a group text I got from my buddies in Colorado. Uh, Joe, this is for you, and I think, Jeremy, you're going to appreciate this one. So the opening word in the text was, Sabes will be better next year. <laughs> Let's hope. I laugh. I laugh for two reasons, Joe. Number one, because this will be year 13 in a row. We will say wait till next season. But the best part is Sabes. We all say Sabes, Joe. So I gotta, I gotta support Jeremy on that one. We all, we, we've gone from, we've gone from some people say it to we all we're, say it. We're like two years away from them making a third jersey that has it oh, on there. Oh man! <laughs> like how the Lightning have the <laughs> bolts yes. uh, jersey. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I love that. So I want to talk about what you guys are talking about. I was originally going to say something about a trade, but hearing hearing what you just said, we are interested in a thirty-four year old. That. <laughs> I, I really have no faith in Adams whatsoever. I don't know how we go from 47 goals, Tage Thompson, to maybe 25, to over 30 for Tuck, um, Skinner, and um, uh, number 20 for Cousins. And, mm-hmm. again, Skinner's getting close, but that's it. I mean, we're not even sniffing it. So power play just kind of fades away. So there's trades out there. We're not making them. Now, there's probably several reasons. A lot of these people don't want to come here. Yep. That's That's got to be considered a big part of it. Like I almost feel like every conversation criticizing Adams for what he does and doesn't want to do has to be mm-hmm. has to have a heavy dose of what can he do. Because, Larry, to the point you hear Chris Tanev doesn't want to come here because of a modified no trade, what are the chances the Sabres landed all the way down at Chris Tanev because all the other guys they want had also said no? Yeah. And they think – let me try here because this guy can't say no to us, and of course he does. Yeah, that's a good point. And what I wanted to ask you guys was, of the people out there that may not have a tro- uh, no-trade clause or that has, who do you see that can help us down the road for scoring or possibly defense that would even consider coming here, and what would we have to get out of us to get them? Well, it's a tough question. The answer is probably more more along the lines of, you, you do it with the same way you did a lot of the players you have, which is you trade for guys that are on entry deals or mm-hmm. aren't far enough along to have earned no-trade clauses. Yeah, the guy you might be thinking of right now for that is the kid in Columbus that is mad that he's in the AHL, who was, I think, the sixth pick right before Savoy, David Juracek. Like, you trade for that guy because he's on a rookie deal still. And he doesn't have the power to say no to you. Yep. And he he might be a special case because he sounds like he just wants to play in the NHL. 
that he feels like he's already NHL ready and he just wants to be in the league. So that's that's the game you're playing. And you you kind of it is kind of a sign of just I mean you you got to find guys that are either like the the name Rasmus Anderson always came up for me in Calgary and one reason was he doesn't have a no trade clause. I guess though, you know, how true does Adams want to hold to players that want to be here? Because even if you find a guy that maybe you could get your hands on and doesn't have a no trade clause, do does the agent tell you beforehand, yeah, he really doesn't want to come there? Do you do it anyway? I mean, the team sending him away has got to do it in the first place and got to be willing to do that. But, you know, I don't want to say you trade for a guy and immediately make him unhappy, but I almost feel like, didn't Tim Murray once trade for Jimmy VC without ever talking to him? I don't know if they never talked, but they did trade for his rights in hopes that they could convince him to like, sign. Like, without knowing that he would sign there? I feel yeah, like, yes, yes. That's... I feel like you, you got to do, like, a, a more glorified version of that. Yeah. Like, just just go tra- close your eyes and go trade for the guy. But again, you're limited in the first place because I think anyone that's got no trade protection, you, you have to operate right now thinking that that player's probably got the Sabres on their list. 803-0550 to join us. I have an early stat of the day for you. Let's do it early, right? Why not? Get it out of the way. Stat of the day is presented by Seneca Gaming and Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. So stat of the day is about the Sabres. It's about tomorrow. Vegas is in town. Eichel did not play last night, but he's out of the red non-contact jersey and will be returning maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Eichel has been out since January 11th. Yep. It was his last game he played against Boston, scored a goal, had an assist, and a win over the Bruins. Yep. Eichel hasn't played since January 11th. If he plays tomorrow night, he steps onto the ice. Joe, how many Sabres players have more goals than Jack Eichel this year? Is it... Is it one? It is none. Yikes. He has 19. Skinner and Paterka have 19. He hasn't played since January 11th. Mm-hmm. His coach, too. Did you see what his coach said returning to Boston last night? No. Bruce Cassidy, who was the Bruins coach, what, before last year? And then went to Vegas. He got asked about returning to Boston. And he said, it's nice to come back with a big, nice, shiny ring on your finger, too. It's always a good visit with that. That's from when they played there? That was that was from last, yeah, him before the game yesterday. They played, it's nice to return with a big, nice, shiny ring in your finger. And I have to think that Eichel probably uh, yeah. is thinking the same thing. He'd like to return. He'd like to play yeah. with the big, nice, shiny ring in his finger. <laughs> it's probably I right. I mean, can't, he, he did the, didn't he do the I can't hear you kind of celebration? Like last where, time? Last time where he scored a hat trick? I mean, careful what you wish for, because <laughs> if you boo him on Saturday night and he's playing... There's going to be 100%, right? Like, Can I get odds on him like pointing to the ring finger at I, some point during the game tomorrow night? Would you respect it? It would be hard not wouldn't, to. Would, I wouldn't like would, it. Would, but you could hate him hard. more than any player that's ever come through, and he points to that finger. Yeah. You'd have to be like, there's, there's, what, what can you say? Yup. <laughs> yeah, that's everyone it. just puts their head in their hands. <laughs> 803-0550-1888-550-2550. Plenty to get to here today. It's a big day on the wide receiver train. We'll talk to Paul. We'll talk to Sal. Lots coming up for you here uh, as we roll through lots of different stuff. What else do I have for you here? A great day in Sabres history. March 1st? Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a random one. Okay. I, I shouldn't say a great one. It's one that sticks out for me uh, for a couple different ways. And uh, I've got some other fun stuff from the Combine as well. We, we're starting to learn a lot at this Combine. 
Jeremy and Joe, good morning. Happy uh, Happy Friday. You made it to the weekend. Thanks for coming along with us. 803-0550 on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tage turns, faces the goal, holds the shot. Pass for the goal line, out into the bumper spot, ripped off, and then back to Alex Tuck, and he scores! In the slot, Alex Tuck slides that one past Vasilevsky, and this game is tied at one. Dan Dunleavy on the call. Moments of the game brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. Sabres win. They beat the Lightning in overtime, and next play tomorrow at home against the Vegas Golden Knights. I know what you're thinking. Big news, Joe and I have to predict what the Vegas hot dog will be. Yes, mm. Josh will help us, of course. Uh, oh, Eichel might return too. But the hot dog is the, the key thing on my mind, a Vegas-style hot dog. So, Sabres win. I just found a piece of NFL news from the Combine. So, Sean McDermott's on the competition committee. You just mentioned a couple rules, right? Yep. The story so far seems to be, if you want to call us about the Sabres, you can. Just I found this, and this is such a glaring, such a big story, I want to get on it. Rule changes. Doesn't look like they're changing the tush push. Yep. Fine. Definitely not changing the fumble out of the back of the end zone. Right. Fine. Right. I'm actually very happy about that. How about this? The competition committee is expected to propose a change to grounding. Intentional grounding. Okay. Which, hey, good. Yeah. What percentage of football fans think the intentional grounding rule needs a tweak? Is broken in some way. Uh, I would hope a high percent. Yeah. I, I, I thought that. Yeah. But Maybe just 80, 90%. And yeah. There's a lot of different ideas. What could they do? I think a lot of people are thinking grounding could be changed. So, all right, Joe, what are they going to do about it? The competition committee has discussed and will continue to discuss adjusting the grounding rule. They're considering a proposal to make no distinction between the quarterback being in the pocket or out of the pocket as there is now. Now, that could go one of two ways. Okay. Do you mean that if you throw the ball away but don't get it to the line, that that's grounding no matter where you are? Uh-huh. Or do you, which way are you going to go? Make the pocket like not in the pocket or make – anyway. Right. Here's what Florio writes. 
the quarterback, even if he was in the pocket, would only have to get the ball back to the line of scrimmage to avoid a grounding penalty. You would not need a receiver in the area. So he could just throw it to an empty space. Yes. From the pocket, no foul. Yes. That is not that is what I was expecting when uh, when you said they were considering a grounding Me change. neither. I clicked this article from Florio. I read it. I got down to the bottom and thought, well, stop the presses. We've got to talk about this right away. I thought I thought because what, what I was about to my here here's where my annoyance with that penalty has always been. It's more of a literal annoyance. It's called intentional grounding. How many throws a year do you see a quarterback intentionally throw the ball in the dirt, but it doesn't fall under the the rule? Right. You're outside the tackle box. Right. There's a receiver in the area. It got back to the line of scrimmage. Versus Allen against the Bengals, who did not intentionally throw the ball to an open area when he when him and Gabe Davis miscommunicated. Yep. And they did call him for intentional grounding, despite the fact that it was unintentional. But this is yep. not that. Well, this would make it so... This is allowing almost everything. The Allen play couldn't be grounding because it got to the line of scrimmage. Right. So instead right. of figuring out all the plays where it looks like that guy definitely just threw it away on purpose, one hundred percent. We all know instead of it. those yeah. plays, they looked at the Allen play and thought, okay, we'll make it so you, as long as you get it past the line of scrimmage, it's not grounding. Wow. Troy Vincent on this quote: "We think about protecting the quarterback. There's an opportunity here to look at that injury data. Most of the quarterback injuries occurred in the pocket. It may be time to evolve this particular call to protect the quarterback both in and outside the pocket, as well as assisting the referee in that administration because his eyes are actually on the QB." Did it make it back to the line of scrimmage? I can't even believe it. I, I think uh, can we can we throw this car on the back of the wide receiver train because don't don't draft an edge defender. Never anymore. draft an edge rusher that, again. There's going to be no, is there going to be a sack ever again? Ever. This reminds me of the tuck rule. So when the Patriots went on Tom Brady's tuck rule, we learned that if you pump fake the ball and then never put your hand back on the ball, you can't fumble. Mm-hmm. That was a thing, and we thought. Why don't you just go back there and pump fake every time and then never put your hand on the your second hand on the ball and you can never fumble. And the NFL, I think, ended up tweaking that rule. This is a disaster. You tell me th- It doesn't you- sound like an action. This is gonna it's gonna it's gonna completely I mean, I know there is there is protecting the quarterback, and you will accomplish that by doing this, but I feel like it goes this it sounds in theory like it would go too far. All I've got to do as the quarterback now is practice my turn left or turn right and throw it into the stands past the line of scrimmage from the pocket. Right. Right. If I'm Allen and I'm seeing this, I'm thinking, okay, anytime I feel pressure or know like I'm about to go down, just let me launch the ball as far as I can into 40 the yards third out row. of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I'm Josh Allen, I, I never have to take a sec again. I think. If, even if I'm if I'm going down, I, do, I wonder if they'll have some some part of it where if you're already being tackled or something, then then that would be intentional grounding. Because imagine you are imagine you're Allen or imagine you're Tua, you know, a smaller quarterback, and a defensive tackle has got you, and you're about to go down, and at the last second you just kind of whip the ball forward like into the grass, not that far. You could be five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Let me yep. just whip this ball five yards off the turf as I'm falling to the ground. Yep. Incomplete. You get to the line of scrimmage, you're good to go. Now, I, I, never take, I never have to take a sack again, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Paul in Buffalo. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, guys. Um, the Peyton Crud talks is, is kind of silly to me because at some point, 
any NHL player has to produce unless they're like Andrew Peters. Uh, Peyton Krebs has three goals and eight assists on the season. Tyson Jost has two goals. Kyle Ocposo has 11. Zemgis Gergensen has six. Peyton Krebs, much like Rasmus Asplund before him, is expected awesome, actually terrible. Uh, second point, between UPL and middle stack contracts, when you get near 100 NHL starts for a goalie, save percentage does not lie. UPL is getting to a very, very good save percentage, and it's on an upward trend. Anyone who would think of giving Casey Middlestat, say, $5 million a year for three years, who would not give that to UPL, I don't know what sport you're watching. Um, that's it, guys. I'll hang can, up. Can I, wait, before you hang up, can, yeah, sure, sure. can I ask a question? When, when Jeff Skinner was buried in the fourth line, did you think at some point he just had to produce and it wasn't Ralph Kruger's fault? Jeff Skinner has a has a career history of producing okay. goals. He but he had, se- but he had seven. He had, but he had twenty goals Kevin over two doesn't seasons. Doesn't have thirty goals in his career. But he had a seven goal season that year. Did you and think he, he just had, had to produce? To show you, he's a producer. But Jeff he wasn't Skinner producing. A producer. But he wasn't because producing. The coach, we knew it was because of the coach. Peyton Krebs in his last eight games has one assist. Who has been his line mates in the last eight games? Has he played with skilled players? And they've looked great. Yeah. Those lines he have has better. one assist. You have to produce at some point. That's why Rasmus Asplund doesn't have a job in the NHL. That's why UC Pugliarvi, another expected awesome, actually terrible player, can't find employment. No NHL GM. I have never, ever heard an NHL GM or coach from any team talk about expected goals for. There are great analytics out there. Expected goals for, especially for a forward, is not... I'm not even talking about expected goals. I'm talking about a guy whose skill is passing the puck and he doesn't have shooters around him. Yeah, I mean... How do you expect him to... He's never going to score goals. Like, I think we already knew that about him coming in. That's the prospect he was. If he was ever going to be great, he was going to be a guy that put up a ton of assists. Sure. And, and, and you can't put up a ton of assists when you're passing the puck to Zemgis Gergensens. You don't even have to believe he's great or has the ability to be great. What do the Sabres have to lose by giving him that extended look in that spot? I mean, what would you have said about Tage Thompson before he got the opportunity to play center? He right. was... What? In the AHL and stunk and got an opportunity to try something different and exploded. And I think that's an outlier. It's not exactly like you'd expect Krebs to do anything like that. But Peyton Krebs got thrown on the line with younger players that can mm-hmm. score. Not Gergensen's and Eric Robinson. Yeah, in, in the Skinner example for me, like I understand Skinner had a, a, a long track record. 40 goals, even right before Kruger put him on the fourth line for a full season with Vladimir Sabatka. But it's the same thing to me in that Okay, at some point, you just have to produce. No. If you're playing with players like that, you can't. Like, I think that we have enough examples of that in the NHL where if a guy's buried playing 10 to 13 minutes on the fourth line with guys that are, do not produce offensively, you cannot reasonably expect to... You can't demand at some point you just have to produce. Unless you're Connor McDavid... Playing with Eric Robinson and Kyle Ocposo, like who's putting up points with those guys? Right. Yeah, I mean to say that Krebs hasn't produced, like okay, thanks. He hasn't really played consistently with anybody of any value. Yeah, I just I want to see it. I don't and, know what he would put up sixty points. And again, like, but the, the flip side or the 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 counterpoint is, or whatever the response. What's the downside? Yeah, there's no return on playing him with 
Gergensons and Eric Robinson. Right. And if you play him with Benson and Paterka, maybe you find that, hey, look, there's a he has a scoring streak. He helps you. He gets hot. You know, like things don't have to be sustainable for them to be worth a try. You are dead in the water kind of as the Sabres, needing any offensive spark you can possibly get. Last night at even strength, you don't want to talk about expected goals, Paul. That's fine. NHL GMs are absolutely using this kind of stuff. At, at five on five, they had one expected goal total in the game. Mm-hmm. This is a team that does not get expected goals because they don't get great chances because they spam the net from everywhere. Thanks for the call. 803-0550-1888-550-2550 to join us. Jeremy and Joe, we'll talk with uh, Sal Capaccio coming up at 8 o'clock. Paul Hamilton at 7.30, maybe get his thoughts on Krebs. It is, of course, Combine Day, uh, another Combine Day. Receivers work out tomorrow. They speak with the media today, so we're going to hear from a lot of these wide receivers. You can join us if you'd like, 803-0550 on WGR. Hey, it's giveaway time. Been giving away prizes a lot this week. We got more to give away. So, how do you win? You call 2214-WGR. And what are you winning this time? Pair of tickets to win uh, to sorry, pair of tickets to the Outlaw Music Festival. John Mellencamp, Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson at Darien Lake, September twenty seventh. Tickets on sale today. Go to Ticketmaster.com. Tickets courtesy of Live Nation and Colors Five and Six. Win a pair of tickets to the Outlaw. Oh, sorry, just Colors Five. Color Five. That's it. Outlaw Music Festival. Good luck, Jeremy and Joe. With you. On this Friday, chilly Friday, going to get up to the 50s. That's good. Mm-hmm. Sabres and Lightning last night. It, it was a memory of the Labushkin game, which yes, might have been the best game of the year last year. I, for me, it was. Didn't you, everybody simultaneously stand up as he was roaring down the ice? Yes. And then fist pump. Like, Rob Ray's voice on that call is still my favorite part of like the season. Yeah. Because we were all feeling that that second. On both broadcasts, because I remember we played the audio the next day when Labushkin scored an overtime for the Sabres to beat the Lightning. Mm-hmm. But both Dunleavy and whoever their guy is both said some version of, of all the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Labushkin. Anyway. That they, put them into a playoff spot. Yeah. I think they were in a playoff spot for one day and after the new year last year, and it was that day. It was the day after they – I mean, what – the morning after, what was it? How fun was that? The Bushkin just scored, and we're in a spot. Yeah, and they're—I mean, they won in overtime last night against Tampa, but they are ten out. I saw that the record would have to be like six three and one, which you know shouldn't just be assumed by any means, especially for this team. But if the Sabers went six three and one, they'd have a—they'd have a better record at the seventy game mark than they did last year, which at least is a little bit of a guess a point towards the. The pace is a little bit higher this year than it was last year. Like, they are, we might be staring at them finishing ninth in back-to-back seasons, which I I don't know that you have to give them any, you know, extra flowers for finishing ninth instead of 13th, but they're four four points out of ninth place. Like, they could very easily pass Pittsburgh, Washington, the Devils in the next couple of weeks. They could. They could also just sit where they've been. They could. Haven't the standings looked exactly like this for two and a half months? Where like Everybody, the gap between the playoff teams and the non-playoff teams is pretty yeah, wide? The only difference yeah. is Detroit and Tampa swapping the seven and eight spots. But the this has been the standings for three months. Yeah. I've always assumed the Devils would get back into it because they were so good last year, but they, they haven't. I mean, they're 
they're back to chanting Fire Lindy. Yeah. They're now writing Fire Lindy like every day. Like take it, it's it's fair to him. I, I saw an article the other day that it would be fair to Lindy to fire to, him. to fire him because this has gone so bad. I was thinking about the NHL. Now maybe this is just a function of having a team that's been, you know, out of it in tenth in the East forever. But eighty two games and for the most part the playoffs are decided usually by Thanksgiving or Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's the case here too. Would the NHL consider bear with me? expanding the playoffs and giving a bye at the top. Wow. Make the opening round best out of five. I mean. And give a team a bye. Because I mean, half the league already goes. <laughs> well, it's not about how many teams go. Yeah. What I'm trying to do as the NHL, let, let's say I create that. We're adding one playoff team. Mm-hmm. Like the NFL. Right? The NFL has two races. You have a wild card race at the bottom, and mm-hmm. you have a race at the top. Who's going to get the one seed? Baltimore got that one seed. With two games to go, they clinched it and they rest their guys. But all throughout the year, Baltimore looks pretty good to go to the playoffs. So do the Chiefs. The Bills, of course, were at the bottom, or whatever, not the bottom, but Trace of Miami. But the point is, you had all these teams, uh, you had a race at the top. In baseball, you have a race at the top because of buys. In the NBA, you want to get out of that 7, 8, 9, 10, right? Mm-hmm. So you can get in and miss the play-in tournament. The NHL, I think, would be wise to introduce something that has more than a race than just for eighth. It's the only race there is. And there really isn't, hasn't, it hasn't been as interesting. I mean, last year you had it because the Sabres made it close at the end, and Florida, I remember, wasn't even in it until right. the end. Um, but the year before that was even worse. It was kind of like how you mentioned Thanksgiving, and it was over. It wasn't over this year, but here, here's what, what, when's Thanksgiving? The date I have is November 26th. I think I have this right. I'll double-check it in the break to make sure that there wasn't a switch in between. Okay. But on November 26th, it's the same eight playoff teams. As today. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going through quickly here, and I think I might have it, that there hasn't been a change in the pl- in the, who the eight playoff teams are in this, this season in the East since November 26th. Right. Which is, like, the whole season. It's not that interesting. Yeah. The NHL should be doing something to get out in front of that and introducing play in tournament. Hey, I'm just saying NBA you, does a it. race at the top, a race anywhere. Right now, the only race you could convince yourself you have is like at the top well, of, a, of, right. a, of a division where it's well, like last year, Toronto and Tampa knew they were going to play in the first round. The oh whole yeah, whole season. It was like it was months and months. So they knew there was the matchup. Yeah. If I'm the NHL, of course I'm not, and they never do things really progressively. Introducing something. Yeah, you're almost that, saying like it, it, it the buy the, that format or something like that would almost be more valuable at the top than it could be at the bottom. Yes, yes. Right, the bottom teams. I'm not expecting to do anything once they get to the playoffs. Especially uh, parity in this league, I guess maybe. But like you would be making it so that right now, rather than Boston and Florida, you know, battling to see who plays t- t- who Tampa instead of. Uh, Toronto, yep. you would be playing for, oh, you're not going to have to play in the first round. Exactly. It's the beauty of the NBA's play-in tournament. The race to get to six to avoid it. Mm-hmm. The race to get seven being better than eight, eight being better than nine, and nine. You have a race the whole year. And in hockey, like it's been over for a while. 803-0550. 1-888-550-2550. When we get back, update from the Combine. We had... I heard Matt Miller say the most important thing I've heard yet 
and I'm going to get it tattooed. Maybe not. Maybe I'll get it skywritten across the sky over Highmark Stadium about the Bills and how they should approach the first round. Matt Miller at NFL Draft Scout with One Bills Live yesterday. We'll play that next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.